For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Rain Stop Play. Thank you very much for joining us. And there's only one thing to really talk about uh, in this part. It's going to be a short reaction part with me and Glenn today. And that is the second test match between England and New Zealand, which just finished about half an hour ago for us. Uh, we are really reacting to this very fresh, very fresh to England's amazing five wicket win on day five at Trent Bridge. Uh, England chasing down 299 uh, in the final session. Thanks to an unbelievable partnership between uh, Johnny Bairstow and Ben Stokes. Um, we're going to react to it now. We'll do nuances. We'll do big picture stuff. Just me and Glenn this week. How are you, Glenn? That was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was It was excellent. Uh, so yeah, for listeners, I'm not feeling my best. And uh, we've had some Wi-Fi issues. Uh, this is our second <laughs> or third time. But hopefully this time it works smoothly because we're both really excited to talk about what was... A remarkable test uh, in terms of scoreline, in terms of narrative. You think this is the new England management team, which we've talked about so much on the pod. Uh, Dan, you've quite rightly so far been the optimist. I've been slightly more pessimistic, well, but there's can lots I, can to I, get into. Can I interrupt you there, Glenn? And can I ask, are you now on board the Baz and Ben train? Zach joined me last week in last week's pod. Um are you now on board? Because this sudden change of attitude and mentality and the entertaining cricket we're seeing. I, only, I was at a point where I didn't mind if we lost today because it was just so much fun and they're playing in the right way. So are you on board now? Can, can, we, can, we, can we welcome you on board? Um, I, I think, obviously, jumping to, conclu- <laughs> jumping to conclusions from a couple of games at home against a less than fluent New Zealand team, I think we should take with a pinch of salt if and when we can do this uh, in India and or Australia. Sure, okay. I'm 100% behind it. But that isn't to say I am not absolutely impressed. Uh, these are pretty much the same players, right, Dan, who, who 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 basically failed in the West Indies just a couple of months ago, who looked, you know, shot of character, of confidence, of quality. We just seemed a team that wasn't completely at odds with each other. There wasn't much of a team, uh, really. It was, again, it was basically Joe Root scoring runs uh, and B-team bowlers being given a try for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> so to, to see the greats of the of our recent decades, like, you know, your Broads, Andersons, mixing it up with, you know, younger growing stars like Pope, and we'll talk about him later, who had an absolutely breakthrough innings. I'm pleased for him, exceptionally pleased for him. Um, but no, what I am really, really impressed by with this management team, they made some bold, like really bold calls. Um, you think about Potts coming in, he's been a success. You think about Pope at three, 
every all of us probably probably almost every single commentator media pundit i'd say probably eight out of ten of them thought absolutely no chance i mean us included us included why are you batting a guy who's inexperienced or or to an extent he's just struggled in the test arena while piling the runs on at home you know why are you putting him in the firing line with openers that seem so brittle but even to see you know alex lees do so solidly in this test and actually his technique his stillness as alistair cook said during the commentary today he just looks a bit more like a, a test batter now he looks more confident the, you, you you know this is this is a really good indication of, of where we are going to be moving forward and we'll get onto the run chase today but wow that was that was as entertaining test cricket as you could possibly see what more can you ask for i do really appreciate your input on this podcast game because i think without you we would get very carried away we need that like yes actually can we just hold on a second so for listeners you know who may agree with me and zach there there are the glens of the world and we need them because yeah this is two wins at home against a slightly half-baked new zealand side uh, but we'll come on to that and how about glenn the, the the full house on day five at trent bridge giving out free tickets uh we've had sort of some fleeting conversations over the past month or so about the price of cricket but hats off to nottinghamshire and trent bridge for opening their doors um, and there would have been people there that would have never seen a test match before and would never even be keen to go because they either can't afford it or are too like, put off by the price, rightly so. They would have seen one of the greatest sessions of test cricket you could ask for. I couldn't agree more. So what a masterstroke uh, to, to open the doors up. I think tickets sold out by about 10 p.m. last night. So obviously the appetite to see test cricket there and th- to talk about structural barriers, you know, cost is is one of them, especially at the more kind of quote unquote elite grounds, such as well, at least the London centric grounds, such as the Oval and especially Lords, which came under criticism. And I think, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, Knotts, they they were quite they were quite um, shrewd. I think they probably saw that the stick that these London centric grounds are getting and they thought hold on we can go the complete opposite way if you know if they had charged even a tenner for today they probably yeah. still would have been i'm going to guess 78 78 capacity to do it for free and to have that atmosphere coming into the run chase i mean yeah you know the fans were effectively 12 the 12th man today and as cliche as it is the atmosphere was amazing and for them to see what was one of the best sessions of test cricket um the final one today I've ever witnessed was amazing. England scored 102 runs in 45 minutes yeah. after tea, 49 after just the first four overs. I mean, I mean, what more do you want? And in the greater, you know, narrative of the test, this entertainment wasn't, you know, wasn't just over that two, three hours. This was the most boundaries ever scored in a match of test cricket in one in, in one game. The most runs at Trent Bridge test ever. And as we saw today, the highest fourth innings chase at Trent Bridge. So not only did the, you know, the fans come in, many of whom it would have been their first uh, game of live test cricket, you imagine, for them to come in and see records being broken in front of them. What a fantastic way to to you know really um conjure the the magic of test cricket and all that was lacking all that was lacking dan was this being on free to air tv they should have been yes. on channel 4 bbc that's all that this was lacking. one st- one step away they're nearly there glenn they're nearly, nearly. There. they must they must be listening to us um <laughs> but yeah i think opening the doors today just kind of summed up the current vibe of this new regime and i know it's still very young and i know you're right to point out glenn the results are good but not in the grand scheme of things great but it just just it just just tenses the vibe around it. It is very good at the minute. Uh, let's come on to some of those records that were nearly broken in that final session then. And we have to talk about Johnny Bairstow, who marginally missed out on the fastest ever Test 100 by an England men's cricketer, uh, which was set in 1902, would you believe? Or 1905? A heck of a long time ago, either way. Um, 136 off 92 balls. I was, honestly, again, I was having a chat with, with my mate about him. Probably he needed a knock. 
<laughs> and he does know when to time a knock, by the way. I just didn't expect to see that. And it was something happened after tea, didn't it? And he said he had a ham and cheese toast and a coffee, which I suspect he'll be having at every tea break now. Um, New Zealand came out and started bowling really short at him. And as he said just then on the Sky, on, on the, uh, the post-match uh, interview, it was do or die. And he did. He just attacked the short ball, got into that zone, and away he went. But that has got to be one of the most spectacular hundreds from an England player ever. In the context of it, in the context of his career, um, in the context of that run chase, 14 fours, seven sixes. He took all of the bowlers of the cleaners, not just one or two. The whole attack, including Trent Bolt, who was awesome, all test match. I just can't quite get over what I've just seen. I think I might need more time to reflect on it. No, I, I love this. We're basically effectively live. We're just working through what we've just seen for the yeah, last couple of hours. Very much so. It was so surreal. I mean, how often, and I know the comms mentioned this a couple of times, but how often does Ben Stokes play second fiddle in an aggressive run chase? I, I, I mean, you know, injury aside, and again, we'll, we'll get more into Stokes in just a moment, captaincy and everything. But to stick with Johnny Bairstow, I mean, yeah, you rattled off um, the incredible amount of boundaries. He was striking at nearly 150. I mean, this was a this was a, a very good very solid T20 strike rate. <laughs> it, we, we, we had gone well past the ODI time, Dan. ODI, yes. you're talking run a ball, you're happy, just above that even better. We were past that. We were very much into, um, into you know, 2020, or as a few people jokingly said um, uh, on, on Twitter today, into 100 territory, right? This is, this is effectively... <laughs> what the fans got in the final in the final session and yeah again you know it, uh, this whole thing about expressing yourself i've always i'm a little bit a little bit skeptical of it because it just you know it's it just feels like a bit of a cliche but if you're gonna see if you're gonna ask well, what does that actually mean i think we just watched it for a couple of hours what does it mean to express yourself for england in a test arena it's exactly what stokes bestow um and even lee's to be fair lee's batted really well and he got us off started really solidly he went over over 50 strike rate um eight boundaries for him and he just looks like a bit of a player transformed um and again in the first inning he's got his highest england score of, of 67 so a great to see him effectively express himself right he actually looks much more comfortable at the crease so but i mean I, yeah i just don't have words for the for the run chase because i woke up and root was gone and most of the middle order had kind of been and there gone was at that re- point. there was that shaky moment where new zealand went bang bang and and especially like the loss of pope you're like okay that was, it was a good delivery root goes quickly you're like right with the length of the tail as well which we've spoken about in detail which luckily wasn't need to be used it was did you wake up thinking right this is we got to battle for the draw from this point perhaps yeah, it was really interesting. I saw it as Bearstone and Stokes, and I thought it, it, every result's still on the table here because, you know, a lot of people were quite rightly saying if you get into folks, another player we'll touch on today who's looked magnificent for England, um, I'm delighted for him. But if you get into the kind of Bearstone folks, and then below them, it's this long tail. So, in a way, if those two hadn't had this incredible partnership, then you're thinking, yeah, maybe you'd be looking towards the draw because we've already got a lead in the series. This is the strength of winning the yeah. first game. We haven't done that in so long. And I mean, it's worth reiterating, right? We won we won one test in 17 in the build-up to this series. And now we've won two in two weeks against the World Test Champions. I mean, this, you know, it's not a full, full-strength um, New Zealand team, but they're still brilliant. They're still a brilliant side and they're still batting. This isn't a B team or a B team plus. This is, sure, they're missing Williamson, but he's not been playing great anyway. So yeah. they have enough quality to beat us. They're a really good test team. So that makes this win even more exciting. These two wins even more exciting. Do you not think it's even, this points even more toward the fact that it's very similar personnel, but new leadership, how well that leadership is already working? 
surely that like if they'd brought in eight new players, you'd be like, okay, it's a mix of the two. This this really is whatever McCullum and Stokes have said behind the scenes has freed up this team mentally. Um, because we all know they were, you know, physically and, and, and technically able to do this. But whatever's happened, this new regime is working, right? Yeah, so far, I mean, so far, so good. I mean, uh, what can you say? You saw the smiles, right, on the on the balcony, even just before the win was kind of confirmed, but just the atmosphere. You just think, we, we did think it was such a bizarre decision in the West Indies to, 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 to leave out Anderson and Broad. And looking at the time, we said it looked desperate and uh, a management leadership, a management team that was just searching, like needle in a haystack for something different, which we didn't need. Obviously, they weren't the problem. And to see them come back in, to the team and to bring so much energy and quality with the ball and i mean broad's just general atmosphere you know his his general character has has been great to watch has been invigorating it was so much fun at lords it's been so much fun watching him on the balcony celebrating today like you know these are players who are there on merit um, unlike you could maybe argue the england football team right now which is <laughs> a bit of a bit of a crisis of identity to an extent, all McCollum really has done so far, and Rob Key and Co. and Stokes, has really said, we're going to try our best to put what we think is the best 11 on the pitch together and say, play your way. And obviously, that, that when that works, they look like geniuses. When it doesn't work, and it won't be, you know, this isn't this kind of strategy isn't completely infallible. Like, it will come up against roadblocks like your Australia, like your India. I do want to see what this team does when we're on the ropes, right? And in a, in a, in a micro level, sure, within a game, we've already done that. But across a series, especially away from home, I'm looking mm. forward to seeing that. But from this evidence so far, Dan, you and everyone else has been exceedingly correct and you've been quite astute <laughs> to back what has been a really transformative new regime so far. I, I am really impressed. Yeah, you're right, though. And th there will be roadblocks. And when we had the white ball reset after the 2015 World Cup, you know, we'd either get 400 or, you know, skill for 150. So we're going to have to get ready for that to happen with this team at some point. It's obviously in the honeymoon period right now happening and, and being very good. Um, to come back to Johnny Bersa really briefly and about him timing knocks correctly. Great tweet from Will McPherson I've just seen. Um, in Johnny Bersa's uh, three test hundreds this year, he's coming at 36 for four, 48 for four and 56 for three today when they were chasing 299. He stands up at the right time, doesn't he? And, and it feels like all of these times, his career is also slightly in doubt. Like he's had, he had a very, very quiet series prior to this, bar some very good fielding. So, you know, good for him, really good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And although I may have been more skeptical than than the new management than others, I have you're a almost always yeah. backed best yeah. though. And I've, I've I, cause he's got that quality. But, you know, if you were, if, Think back five days prior to this, right, when we're about to start the game, they've selected the 11. I think if McCollum and co, if they could have thought of two people on this team that could get that could get um, scores, I think Bairstow and Pope would have been in their top three. I think Lees as well. Crawley is probably, we can probably come on to him as still maybe this kind of floating question mark right now. But for Bairstow and Pope at three and five to get monster scores in the context of a game where we have a deficit of 553 when yeah. we're starting our first innings 553 as a monster score when, that's so intimidating when do england ever after conceding that many runs and, and they, they should have probably conceded less but for the drop catches and you know they had them at good points but how often do england actually go and get that score and, and what was it they finished 30 runs short or something um how often actually go and get 500 and not get rolled for 250? This again, this this speaks to the it's the same personnel, but it's just a slightly new mindset, but a better vibe about the place. Yes, the pitch was perhaps a bit quiet on the first couple of days. It got livelier as the test went on. It was a great test match pitch, 
but we still they still went out there and did it and that that is super super impressive i want to come on to pope really briefly Glenn, in, in a second but but just to sort of finalize how amazing this post tea moment was um england took tea at 139 for four best it was 43 or 48 stokes had just come in you know we'd lost lees who was looking really really solid and you sort of thought where are they going to go from here with just folks recognized to come I just, I just didn't i wasn't ready for it i wasn't ready for what happened there at all it was it, it was absolutely crazy one of the best sessions i've ever seen well in england what a way to win a test match right i digress ollie pope um unbelievable knock definitely cemented his place number three for the rest of the series i did say this in our chat i i i i sort of sent for him last week so i don't want to change my tune entirely uh this was 145 on a very friendly pitch i just don't st- i still don't see him as a number three and and feel free to tell me i'm an, I'm an idiot because he's just scored that uh at a very important time and probably given himself the rest of the year at that spot i would just sooner see him in the middle order i don't know why Glenn, am I nonsense? And that's we have to we have to applaud him as well. Or is am, am, I, am I talking nonsense? No, I know. I think that's a very fair point. I mean, you could look at it like he's batted at three, four times. And it's only really come off once. Is one right. way of looking at it. If you're going to be kind of, I guess, hypercritical of that positioning, it's a really tough one. I think again, only t- time is going to be uh, the real teller here, right? I think. Yeah, he's obviously guaranteed three, certainly the end of the series, the last game, probably the series after that, at the very least after this innings. And yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love him to fit at three. It solves so many of England's problems if it does. That's work. why they've put him there at the end of the day, isn't it? They want they want him and they want that problem solved. So let's try both, which I don't get the logic of it, but it still might work. And you could see what they're trying to get at. OK, so Crawley fell. OK, um, but the one of the openers... Um, Lees gets 67 again his best test score um so one of the openers survives one doesn't usually how it pans out and then you look what happens pope comes in is 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 getting nearly 150 and then he's got this fantastic partnership with joe root who gets the best part of 200 runs um another magnificent 170 um score 176 for for root there so yeah the thought of Pope seeing off some of the new ball, then Root coming in and Bairstow coming in afterwards with Stokes to cause some trouble towards when the ball gets a bit softer. Yeah, if it works, it's it's dreamy. It's brilliant. I think the problem is it will probably still fail more often than it the, the, the succeeds. I, I see. Uh, it, um, which, which yeah, again, there's pros and cons here. If, if Lee's can, if the openers can, if one of them can push to the high, you know, d- double figures, maybe eighties or nineties instead of just over 50. Sure. Um, and Root is playing the best cricket of his life right now. I mean, it's just unbelievable that, that shot second ball of the day to reverse paddle scoop. Uh, I think South, that was unbelievable, six. wasn't it? I mean, that was Again, I'm gonna I'm keep talking about something like things summing up the current management team. That does, isn't it? Root, root, I guess he's seeing like a football, but still, that was so cool. It was outrageous. It was outrageous. Um, and obviously that never would have happened. Maybe for the best under the under the previous yes. management, right? Maybe for the best, right? You can't do that in the ashes. You just can't. It's a different. It's a different <laughs> yeah, context. Yeah, you're right. This is already a really fun home series. And New Zealand, they're a fun bunch of cricketers. You play exciting, aggressive cricket. Like there are, for you, almost there's no better team to really be trying this against because a we're pretty even in terms of quality right now. Obviously, New Zealand have been far superior in recent years. Don't get me wrong, but right now these squads versus each other are a pretty even matchup. So it's yeah. a great time with home fans to be experimenting and trying this. And I mean. 
yeah, if this lineup works, fantastic. I mean, Crawley, I guess the only other thing is, right, Crawley's clearly not quite working at the top right now, and that is a deep concern. And then you'd think, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago you might have speculated, well, maybe drop Crawley down to three, bring in another opener. But then obviously you're not going to leave Pope or Bairstow out now. What's happened, Glenn, is everybody who had a bit of a target on their back, you know, probably within the team and definitely from, you know, pundits and podcasters like us who just like to chat about them, uh, which was Pope, which was Folks, which was Bearstow, have all stood up. So there's sort of way less room for shuffling now. You know, me thinking let's move Pope down to five is because I thought let's get rid of Bearstow. That is now re- obviously ridiculous. And that's how, that's how fickle I am as a cricket fan for sure. Folks is in his place now. Bearstow's cemented his place. Pope has. Lee's has. He's he's looked fantastic. He looks like such a conventional, organised opening batter. He's yep. a joy to watch. And and how quickly he started today, hitting those two first balls, uh, the first two balls innings for four, shows he can do both. People think he was a bit of a plodder, but I don't think he is. I think he can kind of turn it on as and when he wants. He hit an unbelievable release shot off the spinner for six back over his head. Like, Lee's has got it. It just does leave Crawley without any room to shuffle painfully out of Nick as the one with the tiger on his back now. And I suspect they won't, they won't change him because there's only one game left and this team is in such a good place right now. If anyone, if, if you're out of Nick and you're going to score runs, it's in a vibe like this right now in the middle of this series. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something to look, look, look at long-term, isn't it? Yeah. Some great analysis there to be fair. And yeah, I, this is, this is the thing, but I think a lot of us have, I guess maybe short-term memory or recency bias, I guess is sometimes the phrase yeah. thrown around. If Crawley had scored that one, one uh, scored a 150 um, this game instead of Pope or arguably Bairstow, if he'd have played one of those innings, we'd be singing his praises and saying, sure. well, well, I think Bairstow or Pope, it's time to move things around. So you can see the fine lines in, in test cricket, right? You're either the hero or effectively you're not, or effectively your place is at risk in this current team. So yeah, I, I think they've got. I think one mistake they may have done this management is not is not playing Compton and or Brook. But at the same time, you know where does Brook fit into this team now? He would have come in for Bairstow, surely. That would have been a like for like swap. Yeah, seem, you'd, you'd have thought so. Um, they seem committed to Pope at three for better or worse. And again, we will see how that develops. But yeah, you you said it right. All those kind of all that kind of criticism or targets. And I hope this. I hope it isn't too intense. I hope we actually a lot of people like us use this time to celebrate what was an extraordinary game of cricket and what has been an extraordinarily entertaining series so far. But if you're being critical, which we, to an extent we have to do as well, yeah, Crawley is the question mark. And yes, I would play him next game. How I mean, how many times, depending on Stokes' injury and broad and anderson's fitness but think if that if they all are given fit to play right if they're all given the clear when was the last time we played three matches in a row dan in the test team with effectively the same with effectively the same players it's, it's, right? it's <laughs> nice to see the continuity though isn't it and i know it's probably because it's a mixture of things for the bowling front there's no one fit and these guys this this attack of four plus stokes are doing a job obviously you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, but yeah, every ba- everyone's had their moment in this series, it feels like, so far. So why would you drop them? Um, it was a really good effort by the bowling unit as well, actually, I thought, especially in that third, uh, third innings, New Zealand's second knock. Um, everybody contributing. Uh, I know Stokes didn't get any wickets, but he bowled pretty aggressively. <sighs> Jack Leach. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bring him. He's looked awful. He's looked really, really bad. I saw. I saw a a quick of his stat that I'm going to really badly try and remember. It goes along the lines of of all bowlers ever to have bowled more than three thousand deliveries. Jack Leach has the fifth worst average in the first innings of a match in Test history somewhere in the 50s um, and he looked pretty ineffective and he also looked fairly ineffective in the second innings as well getting just one for 86 although he did get Conway out but he just hit sort of hit a top edge trying to slog him my issue with Leach is he just can't he can neither control nor attack he's not an attack bowler and he's not a control bowler so where does that leave him yeah you know it, it, it's a tough one because I thought technically by his standards, he was poor. I think he bowled very short. He bowled too short in the first innings, and he overcompensated and was bowling a bit too full in spells. He couldn't get his line of length. I mean, the problem is, Dan, if the pitch is going to give you very little, which this pitch clearly wasn't going to give spinners too much, we saw that. We'll get on to New Zealand. I thought Bracewell was really fun and exciting, but the pitch wasn't giving him too much. Um, yeah, all you can do as a spinner is your line of length. All you can do is be accurate. And when you lose that, because you're getting no help from the pitch, it's quite... It's quite easy to to fall apart, basically. And he didn't get to that level. Don't get me wrong. It was just a bit ineffective. What do you got? I think he got three wickets across the across the two innings. And you know, it, it's a it's a problem. And not to go into this this whole debate again, but you do see a lot of young spinners um, in county sides, like Verdi for, for for Surrey comes to mind here. They're not being picked because the pitches they're playing on just suit seamers. And I'm just using the 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 Surrey Sussex game this weekend as the example of that. You know, Surrey have got some quality spinners in their team, but they're just not really being used. And we're kind of stuck. I mean, how on earth do you develop either a successor to Leach or someone to challenge him? Sure, Parkinson's in and around. I, yeah, he, I just don't think he's he's good. It's going to be Leach 2.0. I mean, I just I don't know what he's going yes. to do particularly different. Uh, and that's not to say either of them are bad. They just have difficult environments to to ply their trade in. So yeah, Leach, I, I'm I'll always back him. I am disappointed the, the bits I saw of him. I didn't see a lot of his bowling, but I wasn't hugely impressed by what I did see. Um, but it is tough if the pitch is giving you nothing, Dan. Effectively, very little, and it's obviously a seamers. It's it's not only a seamers game; it's a batter's game. This this match was clearly a runs bat to yeah, precedence. So t- total opposite to Lords, by the way. <laughs> I bet the, complete I bet the opposite. And it was an old school test whereby you should yeah. score the most runs, and it's a battle to the end to to see who can persevere. But yeah, I, I, I'm. I don't know really to say what to say about Leeds. I don't think I, anyone's going to do much I, better. I have. I've got the answer. It's Moeen Ali, who announced <sighs> he was unretiring this week. What are your yeah. what quickly? What are your thoughts on that? I think we won't see him in the summer, but he's definitely sort of soft launching his career again, isn't he? 
Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you look at the stats, you, you've mentioned, you know, a particularly poor one for Leach, but I think in terms of average strike rate, etc., I think Leach is far superior to Mominali in, in, in those stats. So, you know, what one can show you one thing, another batch of stats can show you another. Um, I mean, fair play to Moeen. I think he's a, he's a quality player. Um, if he were to come into the team, that probably is the death of probably Leach and to an extent Parkinson in terms of the test arena for a while. Yeah. So I do feel... Uh, Moeen has every right to say he's available and to be selected and good for him I would happily I'd love to see him play test cricket again but I do worry a little bit that some of the older guard who have kind of pieced out effectively coming back in it has the potential maybe and this is not just Moeen but maybe maybe other kind of former players who are thinking about well this seems like an exciting project now it maybe has the potential to disrupt what's already happening within the dressing room with the example of Moeen I would really like to see him play test cricket again and again fair play to him for saying that um and to be honest Leach should be there in the team on his merit you can't yeah. be trying to protect players right yeah it, because another one's a threat i mean if they think moeen will do a better job with bowl and obviously he will do with bat then yeah maybe he'll come back into the team but i would be wary of of, of thinking that that's going to solve things it certainly won't solve it for the long term and again if you look at some of the key stats leach does seem to be a little bit handier in the long run as unentertaining as, it, as his bowling can yeah. be sometimes listen he he is quite a contrast right to your best Stokes batting and mm. your broad Potts Anderson bowling Leach doesn't really fit this exciting cricket that's why some people want a leggy um and Moeen he's an off spinner there's nothing inherently exciting about that but he just he's fun to watch he's just, he's just Moeen isn't he he's just a character and we and we've missed that um interesting I, I yeah I don't have a strong opinion um but uh, yeah it I, what like I would it just feels like Leach's place is increasingly in danger is what I yeah, think I'm yeah, getting at. Yeah, agree. Agree. I think we all can sense that. Definitely watching Sky's coverage, you can sense that from the commentary team. And we don't know what it's like in the dressing room, though. And uh, as we said, in the Crawley situation, you've got to expect they'll stick with the same team, at least for probably the end of the New Zealand and probably the start Definitely. of the South Africa series. So uh, we'll have to see. Actually, I don't know what comes first, South Africa series or the one India game. I think it's the one India game, actually. So, so. we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, should we talk about New Zealand a little bit? Because again, they've sort of they were in great positions in both test matches, yet they're now on the end of a 2-0 scoreline. By the way, again, your prediction is still looking very good. Mine is now in the water. For those who weren't listening to our first two episodes, going pretty little 2-1. So nice. We it would be the first series I think we've ever correctly guessed. Yeah, if it <laughs> was something episodes right. in. Um but 553 in that first innings. Um before Jameson got out for 14, their lowest score was 26. So their, their, their top seven all contributed. Uh, Daryl Mitchell in the form of his life with 190 looks awesome. Blundell again coming in with some really useful runs. Those two batting together seems to be a very good thing. And then they just sort of lost their head slightly in that in their second innings, didn't they? They were sort of 104 for one, looking fine. And then Conway just top-edged Jack Leach out of nowhere. And then it all went wrong from there with a couple of runouts. And and and, uh, but they still left us with three hundred, which is a two nine nine, which is a lot to chase. And they lost their heads after T when Bester started to attack. So it seems like two moments in their collective minds, which is what happened at Lords with with the team hat trick, have again cost them a Test match. I couldn't agree more. That's precisely what I was going to say, Dan. Like, and I've actually I actually watched. It's really thankful I actually watched both those kind of key sessions which you're talking about. 
runouts were horrendous. I mean, the young one was misjudged, but the Southie one was like was like uh, under twelve cricket. It? Yeah, it really wasn't, bad. It wasn't professional level cricket. Um, it was it was terrible. A couple of things I want to kind of key on. Um, two players I want to talk about. Well, well firstly Bracewell because. He had a really interesting debut. As debuts come, it certainly wasn't boring. He went from almost getting 50 runs. He got 49 in the first inning. So he nearly got 50 on his um, on his uh, you know maiden test innings, which would have been remarkable. Uh, you know, he was hitting some nice shots. He's nicknamed the Beast, as you might have heard on comms, because he can apparently he can lift the most the most weight. He scored. I think oh, he is scored. that why I heard? Yeah, that. <laughs> you could hear it on you could hear it on the stump mic as well. So he loves his weightlifting. He's a heavy hitter of the ball. I think he once uh, in a in a domestic New Zealand T20 game. I think he scored almost 160 in a T20. Oh, you know, nice. ludicrous hitting. So he's and it's interesting. I we didn't know much about him. We were talking about him. Him, you know the previous game thinking about who was going to come in and he looked really decent with the bat and quite handy with the ball but at key moments he he was effectively um, nullified um firstly you know most recently when he was smashed out of the attack by um stokes and bearstow i mean when they handed him the ball it did seem to be a case of when which which stand is he going to end up in right you know it's an old ball it's not turning much this is the guy's first game and yeah he bowled eight overs for 60 runs economy of six point seven point five i mean that's brutal but what I found really interesting was his innings in that in that in, in New Zealand second innings, and he got twenty five off seventeen, uh, four fours and one six, and it was a very strange one because you could see why they might want a counter attack and to pile on some runs and kind of put the game out of England's reach with the bat, but. Yeah, the way he got out, you know, just smashing, mistiming, uh, you know, I think a drive from Potts to Broad at mid on or mid off was really quite poor. And he came under a lot of criticism about it. I think it was a double edged sword because if you're not going to criticize Stokes for what he did, um, which was very similar with the bat, then I think it's a little bit harsh to criticize Bracewell. Like, it was still an important 25 runs. It wasn't a test innings, but then nor was what we just witnessed in the last few hours. It's a it, tough one. It just, yeah, it is a tough one. It just, it just like, when Stokes and Bearser did it today, they converted. It just looks a bit silly, doesn't it, when you only get the 25? And you're right, they're useful runs, but you're like, you've neither taken time out of the game to s- totally stop the England win or piled on 50-plus. So it's kind of like he, he was in no man's land where he ended up. But with New Zealand one down in the series and a draw here, meaning they couldn't really, they wouldn't be able to win the series, obviously, from that point, you, you sort of see why he did it. And he couldn't foresee, you know, Southie's crazy run out or I mean Henry supported Mitchell for a bit but he couldn't foresee the sort of slight lack of support that, that Mitchell got at the end of it um, shout out to Trent Bowl by the way he became the most prolific uh, run scorer at number 11 ever in men's tests overtaking uh, Matai Murilitharan his 17 or 15 was hilarious he hit this sort of flat batted shot over his head through through mid off I think it was it was it was beautiful he's hilarious to watch but he's such a character he loves his cricket, right? And that's what I really, really enjoy about this New Zealand team. They were all having, they were having fun, even even in light of what is a really disappointing result. And then, yeah, the other player I wanted to just mention was uh, Jameson, because he was such a standout player in that first test. Mm. Um, he went wicketless in the first inning, and then, and I think this is, it really is a key a key factor towards England's eventual triumph. Obviously, he got injured, right? So he wasn't available to bowl um, in the uh, in the second innings, and suddenly with Jameson, that's a pretty good attack. Attack of Southie Bolt Henry didn't have the best game, didn't have the worst. They should have picked Wagner. I think everyone was pretty much in agreement on that. Oh, that, that, well, I think Henry was fine. 
uh, Southie was your problem. At one point, he had figures of none for 181. And then he nicked off. Who did he nick off? Nicked off Lees, didn't he? Let me just check his match figures here. Because they're ugly. And he got a golden duck. He's finished with none for 154 and one for 67. Pretty use. He, he was he he had uh, he was no threat throughout the whole game. Uh, yes, fair enough. Um, but so I think he had what one or two wickets, and then Henry had you know one or two. So yeah, both collectively, both of them made a pretty minimal impact. And yeah, sure, you could d- rightly say that oh, Henry yeah, had a better fair, game. Than sorry, again, uh, Henry's one for one hundred twenty-eight wasn't great either. Going at, <laughs> yes. going at four point seven, ne- neither were good. Perhaps we'll say. So I think we're getting to the crux of it here. They see that some of their usually reliable quicks, it was all on bolt, right? Bolt was performing at such a high level yeah. and there was too much pressure on them. And when it gets to a chase, when the ball gets soft, as we've said, when Bearstow and Stokes are, are doing their thing, if your bowling attack is a, let's say within the context of the game and quote kind of out of form, not their best Southie and Henry, you have a very tired Trent bolt. And then you have an, a, a basically effectively, you know, uh, an all rounder offie who's playing his first game. <laughs> I mean, you're stuck, and they kept, they didn't yeah. have anyone else to give the ball to. I thought they might give it to Mitchell just to break it up. It, yeah, it, why, it did, could... why didn't he get a ball just to see what happened? What, but what what they don't do enough of see what happens. I think, especially the New Zealand lot, and even with Williamson's, like obviously we've got to mention that Williamson wasn't playing and Tom Latham was in charge, but he's captained the Test team before. They seem reluctant to give people a minute, just even if an over. What, what what's the worst that could have happened? Yeah, I think. It, you know, Mitchell got a couple of overs in the first innings, but yeah, he wasn't. He, I was surprised. They just, as you said, it can't be much worse. You know, most of our bowlers at this point, at the T session, the, the economy is about 13 for everyone at this point. Give it someone else. Because this is the thing if you bring a kind of a slightly slower bowler on, there's maybe even more chance of a miscue or a top edge yeah. or anything to disrupt it. Dual on dual on commentary was was sort of seething that they didn't start with spin after T and they went with that short ball ploy because what happened then was that Bracewell came on with no runs left to play with and and Bearstow and Stokes just took him to the cleaners with, you know, 80 left. So there were some poor tactical choices in New Zealand, despite England's greatness. And I think that reminded me, I think it was England against India, right, last summer where we did, where we had this horrible tactic of bowling the short ball for yeah. tail enders out of anger or some, some, just, it just, just, it was just, it doesn't, it, it sometimes works. When it doesn't, it fails spectacularly, and you need to adjust. If you bowl two short overs and you get hit for a, you know a couple of sixes here and there, fine. You tried it; it didn't work. Why are you persevering with something that Besto loves a short ball? I woke up and he was hooking everything he could see for six. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother him. If you know, if it's a tail ender or it's a player who's uncomfortable against a short ball, sure. But Besto loves it. He no, was like, he was loving bread it. and butter, bread and butter for him. And what it did was just just move him into that zone. Uh, just I don't know like I I can't quite tell I'm sure they had a conversation about upping the rate but let's say they didn't have that conversation about upping the rate and just carrying on at four or five it just put Bearstow in a zone where he did go at 14 and over for five overs and that was pretty much the end of the match wasn't it so yeah definitely some tactical errors in New Zealand but greatness again from England and and some massive individual performances um, and isn't it amazing then that amongst all this and I know we've mentioned his name but we haven't really needed to wax lyrical about Joe Root's 176 <laughs> and everything that he's done. Some great stats flying around about. I think he's had 10 test hundred, 10 test hundreds since any of the other fab of the other of the fab four. So Steve Smith, Williamson, and Coley have made one, w- which is crazy. Uh, and we were complaining a couple of years ago about 
Joe is like a conversion. conversion He's just yep. unbelievable, Nick. And isn't it great how happy he looks? And we spoke about this again in the last two pods, but the burden of the captaincy being gone now, he's smiling at first slip, chirping at first slip, signs the young lad's bat as he walked off in the middle of his innings the other day. Just great vibes all around. This this captaincy swap has been has been huge. And I did see someone say something quite interesting. Might have been on TMS today saying that he perhaps didn't relinquish the captaincy for the West Indies because he knew Stokes wasn't quite ready yet with with that Ash, that brutal Ashes tour and, and the break he'd had. So he kind of shouldered that, looked pretty worn down in that and finally gave in. And it's it worked, obviously. It's just great to see him looking and feeling good and then still piling on the runs again. Yeah, well, he's arguably England's greatest ever test batsman. That's obviously a debate that, that's ongoing. I think he, he, he'll he be there, if not I now, think he'll, in a I year think he'll or two. I think he'll that in a couple of years. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if he's not already. And yeah, how many times, uh, you know, us doing the us doing the, you know, the podcast in the last 18 months, would we have wanted to be in part of the England setup in the England dressing room after a test match? Rarely. I can't think of many places I'd like to be less than Chris Silverwood <laughs> saying 10 all outs, a great result for our one, batters. One Chris Silverwood's PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, exactly. But seeing the scenes after not just this game, but the one at Lords last week, it's just that the atmosphere, it's been completely fundamentally transformed. Um, and yeah, it's great to see. I mean, you know, if, if we can just get this opening duo just to even have one or two good partnerships together to push us to towards 80 um, for none at lunch or something, then this is is a pretty fierce and formidable um, batting lineup. I do want to just, I know we've kind of transitioned away a little bit from New Zealand, but Ben Folks has finally just kind of oh, established. It's so him. good to see him look so solid with the bat and his glove work, which was a bit like, I, th- I remember us questioning it in the West Indies. I was like, yeah, wasn't his best. Zach, I was thinking, you know, he's picked because his glove work. He hasn't looked that good, but this test match he has. Well done. With the bat, he now looks he looks awesome. He looks like he can accelerate when he needs to and dig in when he needs to. Um, and yeah, and you know, we talked about the length of this tail. We didn't need it in the second innings. We won with an hour to spare. And when folks came in, when he came into bat, you know, there's still pressure on. His captain has an injury. There's still runs on the board to get 20, 30, or maybe around 30 or so, whatever it was at that point. Um, he didn't look worried at all. He hit a couple of fours. He was almost going at a runner ball. I can't just, you know, without any hint yeah. of stress. Or that one thing, one thing I will say, he he did get dropped. It was very unfortunate um, uh, from the spinner. Um, um, but he was he was dropped by Bracewell. Um, there were a lot of drop catches actually in this game. Eleven, 11 drops, I believe. Yeah, yeah, spot which on. Which is a, a lot. Which, is a and lot. I think Mitchell was dropped. You know, Root cost us a couple of hundred, a hundred at least. I think Pope got dropped. So it was kind of on both sides. But you know, it shows you how close this game was. Either either side could could have and should have won that game with yes. X or Y chance falling in the right way. It just happened to be a moment of genius from from Bearstow. And this is how test teams should be, Glenn. You should pick your best bowlers and not care about how good they are at batting because your batters should do the job. And and, and credit to England batters who haven't for a while and we've criticised them. We've got to praise them and go, yeah, they've done their job there in, in both knocks uh, to an unbelievable kind of level. We'll have to see if they can maintain this or not. Um, so looking forward, we've got uh, a 10-day break, I believe, now. Uh, they'll go to Headingley for the third and final test. You've got to expect England to be unchanged, barring any uh, injury concerns. D- disagree? Agree with that claim? Would you Would you make any tinkers? I'd I'd keep it as is. I, on Crawley, really quick. I am still a fan of the concept of him. I like how attacking he can be, and he sort of dovetails in Lee's quite nicely. Who I know can attack, which is a bit more orthodox. That was a slight side note. <laughs> would you make any changes, Glenn? 
Um, I would keep it as is. One thing to keep in mind is what would be really interesting. I hope this isn't the case. If Stokes's knee, which looked really troubling, he Great couldn't. Point. He essentially couldn't run in the in, in in the in the T session after he twisted it. I thought he'd inside edged it onto his knee, which is really painful. We've all done that, and that's what Combs thought as well potentially. But no, it was a proper twist of the knee. So, if Stokes can't play and he sh- he certainly shouldn't be risked if he's 50 50 for a series let this sink in down for a series england's already run one won the series I'm not, I'm not has- you know what i'm not sure we've even mentioned that yet <laughs> no it's no we, we've said we've won a test match or two we've actually won the series and that isn't to say we should let up in any way this will be a fantastic competitive third test and new zealand will be for world test championship points i mean new zealand will be desperate for them they're not in a great position either at the moment in the table right i think we're both underneath west indies at the minute so yeah it's not looking great in the table but in terms of excitement and energy it's it's been transformed but yeah point being if stokes can't make it it'll be a real selection captaincy headache let's just hope it's 10 it's a, it's a while away it's a week away let's just hope he's all right and everything will be unchanged because it's just nice speculation and, yeah, otherwise he looked nice and happy at the press conference but you're right it was a twisted knee as, as opposed to, or a hyperextended knee as opposed to an impact so mm-hmm. who knows and Gosh, I think the juggling that would cause this team would would be a, a whole other podcast for us to do, uh, which we might have to do next week because we, <laughs> we do have a little break between the second and third test. Uh, for New Zealand, uh, Tom Latham said uh, in the post-match, you know, they've got their families over, so they'll be able to kind of regroup, get away from the game a little bit. I'm sure we'll see some changes there. Surely we'll see a bit of Neil Wagner. I think we all just want to see a bit of Neil Wagner for the entertainment value anyway. Uh, and we'll have to see uh, how well Kane Williamson recovers. Um but that's about it, I think, Glenn. As I said, just a reaction on this test this week uh, with the other boys away and me and Glenn slightly under the weather slash having been away, uh, just getting to watch and, and react to the, to the end of what was a fantastic test match. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, England are playing for England fans. Obviously, we don't have all England fans listening, but if you are an England fan or a Netherlands fan, the ODI series starts on Friday. So look forward to that. There was loads of other cricket going on, which Zach normally looks after. So <laughs> we'll update you next week uh, on when that happens. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Glenn, good work, mate. Go uh, go recover and, and watch the highlights of the cricket again. So cheer yourself up, you know. I think I will. I think I will. And uh, for listeners, I think Zach's uh, question will have to be answered next week as well. No, we don't have the it's answer. A good one. We, didn't, we didn't get the answer after we recorded either. So do tune in next week for Zach's for question from two weeks ago. We promise we'll answer it because <laughs> it was an ungoogleable one. And that'll about do for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining me, Glenn. Uh, and we'll be back same time next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.